0: All of those moments, like the working on Outer Banks, meeting those people, doing the short film, having them do the video, like all correlates. Yeah. I think it just made me realize, like everything happens for a reason, and all of these little tiny, like, proud moments have built up into something that I'm so excited to like share with the world.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, shooters and editors, welcome back. We had a little hiatus this past week, little water break, as I call it. Uh, we're back. Episode eight of Blue Ass Water. If you enjoy this video, drop it a like, share it with someone else that you think might be interested in it. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. This week on Blue Ass Water, we've got an artist in the truest form. She's a singer, songwriter, costumer, born in Los Angeles and raised right here in Charleston. She's a graduate of SCAD, the Savannah College of Art and Design, and in her own words, she's Donna and Jackie all wrapped into one. Ladies and gentlemen, Georgia Van Newkirk. Georgia, what's up?
0: Hey, Ethan, how are you?
1: I'm well, I'm well. Um, for a beautiful Blue-Ass Water family, would you share a bit about who you are, what you do, and where you're based?
0: I um, am Georgia. I do a lot of different things. I kind of like being creative as in as many facets as I possibly can. So I went to school for advertising um, and really liked that, um, which kind of translated into making music and like doing all of the music videos and graphics and everything that that entails. And then through that, I got an internship on a movie working just as a costume PA in Mississippi. And so I really enjoyed That I think I'm getting ahead of myself. No, share it all, share it
1: all, go for it. You're good.
0: So, since I've graduated from college, I've just been trying to like dip my toe in a bunch of different pools and see what I like doing the best. I've been working as a costumer for the past two years and then making music on the side, and um. I'm from, I'm from LA. I moved to Charleston. I'm based currently in Charleston. I am moving to the West coast pretty soon. I'm just trying to like figure out if I'm going to take any other shows or movies here before I go. Um, I lived in Charlotte for the whole summer, which was crazy. And so now I'm back in Charleston for a bit.
1: How do you like Charlotte?
0: I really liked it. It was cool because I've been in Charleston for so long. Yeah. that it was nice. Well, Charleston and Savannah, but it was nice that I could go to a new city and be completely anonymous mm. and like meet people and work on this movie. And because in Charleston, I did Outer Banks here, which was like eight months.
2: Yeah. And it's
0: like, you know, every you I know everyone everywhere I go, I see people. And in Charlotte, I could just be anyone.
1: And I feel like that same mindset will apply on the West Coast, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Even I could, more if so. if It'll be a fresh start. Yeah, I'm just gonna go try it. And if I don't like it, I'll just go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a such a good mindset to have. To kick things off. Let's backtrack a bit. What inspired you growing up?
0: So as you know, I went to uh, Catholic high school, which is really funny, because that's not really who I am as a person. Um, And so I learned actually a lot I think my mom mostly inspired me. She is um, super creative. She's a costume designer. um, And my dad was a production designer and an actor. So just ultimately super creative parents. And they really fostered this environment for my sister and I to kind of learn and do whatever we want. Like my little sister is a fashion designer. She makes clothes and like had a runway show. So I think it's just kind of like the environment that we were raised in and then seeing people in Charleston and like almost the lack of creativity, not (laughs) not lack of creativity, but the lack of like encouragement of creativity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And being like, okay, I want to like, I want to break out of this shell and just do anything that I could. And so Savannah was really close, um, to Charleston, only two hours, and that also really encouraged me to just grow and be creative and learn how to be creative in as many possible ways as I could because i feel like people who are like us are like i want to make stuff i want to do stuff but i don't know how or what steps to take to put this into action and so scad really taught me like i have this drive and then how do you get jobs how do you make connections how do you come up with plans and how do you you know handle logistics because that's such a big part of it that's like yeah for most creatives it's like a mind. Oh course. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> well I agree hundred percent with that because um you know we we stick to the photo, we stick to the video. You know, it's not our it's not our priority always or necessarily our strength to do the business side or make the connections um or figure out the back end. Right. So that's really sweet that SCAD uh, put such a big emphasis on that. It sounds like
0: huge. And also just like, I know now in high school, kids are learning like computer programs like Photoshop and Lightroom and illustrator. And like, I had none of that at all. Yeah. So I like being able to learn that. Like I make all my own album art and all my own videos. Wow. I didn't know that. Pretty much all the content is, is me. Which I like, like, I yeah. love making everything.
1: So you have full creative control for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my, I, I'm signed to a really small label in, that's based in New York and LA. And they're really awesome with just kind of seeing my vision, like letting me take hold. Of course, we like talk about it. But for the most part, they're like, just do whatever you want. Take control. We'll back you.
1: As a smaller artist, that sounds fairly ideal. You know,
0: it is it's and it's definitely a lot of work because it's not like I'm just making music and then I just like hand it off. It's like, okay, I'm making music and then I'm which they help with the music a ton because like I don't produce or anything like that. I just like write the songs and sing. Yeah. And so it's really dope because I can do that and then work on the whole vision, which is my favorite part of it, honestly. So, everyone that hears the song not only hears the song, but they see what I see in my head when I hear the song, you know?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So, when it comes to the music videos, is it Morning Moon Productions? Is that the. Yeah. Do they hire all the personnel on set or is that you?
0: It's me usually because they, because of COVID, we haven't been able to like all be together as a team in a mm-hmm. while. And so, um, the people that, I just worked with on Golden State Killer they work on Outer Banks and that's how I met them and then they work on Righteous Gemstones and so I was like they were doing a short film right after Outer Banks and I was like please let me design it I've never designed it but I really want to design something like and I like came to them and I had like all these like notebooks of like all these ideas that I had and I was like, and I also make music and I have this idea for a video and I'm like super meticulous. So I have this like PDF that had every single scene, every single costume, every single location, like detailed out. And like, I was like, I not only wanna make this but this is how we're gonna make it. This is when we're gonna make it. Like I was like, cause for this video I've been, I wrote the song two or three years ago. Wow. And have been working on it and had this idea for so long. So I was like, I know these are the perfect people. And so we kind of like traded because I costume designed their short film. Then they were like, okay, we're going to make this music video with you, which was so dope because they are so, so, so talented. Like, I just can't believe I got to work with them.
1: So on the gram, your bio reads, Donna and Jackie, all wrapped into one. What kind of impact did that 70s show have on you?
0: So my mom worked on that 70 show. Go in figure. Costume department. She um like was a costumer on set. And so I kind of like grew up on the set of that 70 show because it wow. started when I was like one and went until I was eight. So it yeah. was pretty much like a big, a big part of our lives and Even like working, because now that I work on set, even working on a movie for like two months, I feel Mm -hmm. like we're a family on set. And like, I know everyone and we're so close. So I can't even imagine eight years and the relationships that she built. And so from that, we had like a ton of clothes from the show, a lot of like furniture. When they when the show ended, they just like gave it away. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like always been a huge part of my life and then I like as I got older I rewatched the show and was like wait this is so funny and like awesome
1: <laughs> did you understand uh like much of the context of the storylines when you were younger not at all yeah too young
0: not at all way too young like <laughs> i didn't even appreciate it like i just thought it was normal that yeah. she like worked there. And I every like, kid no, is on the tv hurt. set
1: yeah every <laughs> kid is on the tv set
0: yeah i i had no idea it's definitely like a flex that i'll like pull out at parties and be like this yeah. shirt was jackie's <laughs> <You> know,
1: <laughs> damn like that. that's fire georgia i'd say especially in this day and age, you're a true Renaissance woman. You've dipped your toes in a plethora of mediums from music to photo to costume, et cetera. Is there an order of importance or a primary focus uh, or are you just simply having fun with it?
0: I would definitely say that music is my number one right now, um, just because I feel like when you're young and you're creative and you can go and make all these connections, it's kind of the time to like seize that opportunity. Um, because I've seen in the costume world, like it can just suck you in and then you just keep taking jobs, keep working. And it's 12 hour days, you know, sometimes 14, 16 hour days. And so as much as I love it, I really, really want to be able to focus on making music and making videos and content and being creative. Cause that's kind of like a therapeutic outlet for me. Mm. But I really still do love taking photos and with of other musicians, that's kind of been like something that I've done and with clothing, like working in costumes and styling stuff for myself. So it really I don't, I just kind of take things as they come. And like any idea I have, I try and jump on it as soon as I can.
1: I've been doing a little bit more of that recently. I feel like most of my uh creative development has been video focused and so now i'm getting more into even just with this show like doing the thumbnails for youtube like my photoshop has improved i mean i did a graphic design for the non-major like sophomore year of college and that was a sweet class led to an internship but i haven't used photoshop that much in like the three years since and so, I, you know, you lose things when you don't lose them. But with this show, I started doing Photoshop and I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like a lot of the programs, um, specifically talking to Adobe Suite, the more you use them, the more fun they become. When you first start out, you know, they're, they're a bit daunting, some of them. Uh, and also, you're like, ah, you might have a really cool idea, but don't even know where to start, what tool to use. Uh, so I'm, I'm realizing like the more you use these programs, not only the better you get, but therefore the more fun it becomes.
0: I mean, that's the thing. Like I was so scared of so many different, like all of that stuff and jumping into that world. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. But with SCAD and like advertising, we make all of our own ads. And like, I was an art director. So really just like creating and it, it really does grow as you go. Mm -hmm. And also like the internet is At our fingertips like if you have any question like how to merge a bubble with a square like it's on google like there's a youtube video for everything which is so nice and also like if you really just sit down and go for it you can figure out anything because like it's scad they gave us like kind of like a rundown on photoshop and illustrator and stuff but like I kind of have this in mindset and I don't know if it's good or bad but like I'm like honestly I can do anything that I <laughs> want. I will figure it out. And so I truly feel like if you have that mindset going into anything, you will be able to. But if you like psych yourself out and you're like I don't know, maybe not, like the next thing that I really want to be able to do is not fully produce my own music but just have like a much better understanding of the way that the production process works
2: Mm. because I
0: feel really limited with writing and singing and stuff when I can't even really fully form my ideas so other people can hear them without like working with another person yeah and I'm like I guess that's just another thing I'm gonna figure out how to do
1: (laughs) (laughs) so when did you start writing music and singing as well
0: I wrote and saying in high school I um got a piano for Christmas one year and like I have guitars and it was always just kind of like a fun thing on the side for me to like play I mean because we kind of knew each other in high school like I yeah, did yeah, not
2: yeah.
0: play I actually was a little I was in a band in high school for like a few months but it didn't we didn't really do anything but I just always kind of never took it seriously and thought it was a um just a fun creative outlet. Like yeah. I did, I was like, I don't know if I want to play a show and I don't know if I want to like stand in front of people and have them hear me sing like, or the songs that I'm writing, like, are they even good?
2: Mm-hmm. You know, Cause your
0: parents are like, that's so good. And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I um was playing and my sister who is like five years younger than me had a friend come over who, I didn't know at the time but he was learning how to produce music.
1: Oh, perfect. And he's
0: a bit younger than us. He's like he's probably 19 now. So he was older than her, younger than me, and came over and I was just like playing piano, like singing, not even paying attention to the people coming in and out of the house. And he like reached out to me and was like, "I heard you singing at at home, would you want to make a song together? Like I'm learning how to produce." And I think it would be really fun and I was like are you sure like I don't even know like sure cool totally come to Savannah because I was in college at this point and um we'll make a song and so he came to Savannah and um and we had become friends at this point and we wrote wish you well that day
1: wow (laughs) in one day that's crazy yeah that's crazy
0: And it was like, we didn't know that anything was going to happen. I didn't even know if I was going to put it out on the internet. I just was like, this is how I'm feeling. I'm sad, but I'm also getting over it. Let's let's, let's write this song.
1: So after that popped off a bit, did you gain confidence to like, let's do another, you know, let's put another out there?
0: Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun Mm. and dope and like, I love listening to music. I mean, Mm -hmm. as everyone does, but it's like, it just creates such a warm feeling or like sad, like a sad feeling like Phoebe Bridgers. Like every time I listen to her, I want to cry. And it was so weird because (laughs) I was like, Oh, I can share my point of view in the way that so many people have done for me. And especially with wish you well, I didn't really realize that like so many other people were going through the exact same thing. Yeah. And, like so many people had sent me messages about their breakups and their dealings with exes and boyfriends and even just with like friendships. Yeah. And I was like, no way. Like I felt so alone in this and so many other people feel the exact same way.
1: That's such a cool thing to be able to help people in that way, uh, just by talking about your own feelings, you know, and then all of a sudden others are relating and you become a therapist and you didn't even mean to.
0: And I was like, I'm so scared, like everyone's going to think this is dumb. And like, you know, I don't know if I want to like be so vulnerable, but it turns out that everyone wants to be vulnerable. It's just like, how do we do it?
1: Wow, that's a great point. So, I mean, we can check your Spotify Rewind after the show, but what artists did you listen to most growing up?
0: So weirdly enough, growing up in L.A., we didn't have like the TV or like CD. I don't like CDs and stuff like that. Like we only had like a record player. And so okay. it was pretty much um, Dolly Parton, Amy Winehouse, as I got older and like Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac. Those were like the main influences and the Beatles, of course. But that was kind of like the top four of my life.
1: What a core inspirational group. That's like right? crazy for you, for your <laughs> own. I mean, I was like on, I mean, no disrespect to my parents, but neither of them are like musicians or anything. And so I was always on like the, the Disney songs or like these goofy little kids artists that, you know, are singing about watermelons and coconuts. You know what I mean? Before we get too deep, it's game time. Rapid fire questions, this or that okay. tacos, tacos or pizza,
0: tacos,
1: film or digital. I think film. I know the answer. Yeah. Film, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Savannah or Charleston?
0: Savannah.
1: Okay. I I mean I could I can understand that. I would choose Saint Augustine as well. Okay. So Savannah or LA? LA. Vibe wise, hot pink or blue velvet? Hot pink. So this is the Blue Ass Water Show. Let's talk travel a little bit. What's your favorite place you visited, and what impact did it have on you?
0: My favorite place that I visited was in school I lived in the south of France in this little village called Lacoste and
1: is that where the brand is like named from is that where it started
0: I don't think so it's so weird it's actually like so basically this rich French millionaire bought this town and he was like very specific about this was like 100 200 years ago but he didn't want anyone to have a kitchen or um, like a fireplace in their homes. He only wanted like each home to be very specific looking. So it was like a settlement for a while. And then everyone left because they were like not allowed to have kitchens in their home. And they (laughs) were like not, it was like, so it was abandoned.
1: It sounds like a communal dictatorship.
0: I think it was like, I may be butchering the story, (laughs) but it was like super weird. And so then, Paula Wallace who like runs Scad bought the town and had built like a Scad campus there which was perfect for college students cuz we had like a cafeteria and then we all just lived in like these little houses all along the hill
1: and like what college student knows how to cook <laughs> you don't need a kitchen
0: <laughs> and they just provided meals for us it was perfect it was it was just like a little slice of heaven and there was like one restaurant and they had rosé and there was like cherry blossoms and we picked the cherries when they bloomed in the spring and it was just like the most idyllic place
1: a proper south of france countryside vibe
0: Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm.
1: sweet was that a like an internship or i mean a study abroad um were you doing like creative pursuits over there
0: yes this list story is literally so like crazy because i studied textiles and like weaving and dyeing so we would like go to other villages and like find walnuts and like little nuts and little berries and leaves and then like use them as natural dye and i like did embroidery it's it's so insane like you were living life i can't believe that was my life yeah it was crazy
1: that's sweet were the uh lavender fields like in season while you were there um because I know in like Provence it was like those are like the ultimate lavender fields in the world
0: no that was like right after I left but we were in like literally in Provence yeah and there was poppies poppies were like a big thing the poppies and the cherry blossoms yeah and they would just be like everywhere you look just red like it was so stunning it looked like I lived in a movie. It was crazy.
1: Wow, that's great. Yeah, so I've been to Bordeaux, Birich, uh, and Hasegore down in that area on the coast. Um, when I was in England doing an internship with the football club, I went to France for my last week. Obviously, I had to hit Paris for a few days as everyone would and should. If you haven't hit Paris, fucking hit Paris. Uh, but then I hit like, I stayed along the coast. I wanted to go on like Provence or even, um, uh, like Nice on like the South Coast, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I was I was kind of focused on surfing, so I stuck to the East Coast. It was sick. I love France, <laughs> and I grew up I speaking like learning French in uh, high school. I mean, no, like kindergarten through eleventh grade, like abused and Porter, I took French, and so uh, yeah, it was cool to like be able to use it, especially when you're outside of Paris and in, in Bordeaux and in Bieres and stuff. Not a ton of people speak English.
0: I was the worst French speaker (laughs) of all of my friends, and it was so pathetic, like, eh, because we went to Paris too for like 10 days, and we were going to all of the museums, like we went to the Louvre on my birthday, Oh, sick! it was just like, it was so unreal, and I was like, this is a dream, I just wish that I could like communicate better, but that's on me, that's on (laughs) me. That I take was, responsibility.
1: Yeah. So I was in El Salvador on a surf trip a, m- two months ago. And that was me because I don't speak Spanish. I speak French. Right. Uh, and I do speak a little Spanish. I took one semester in college kind of for this purpose for when I do go because I love the Caribbean like and a, a lot of the Caribbean is Spanish influence. So I knew I wanted to be able to continue to travel there and pick up on a few things. Know the bare minimum. Right. I mean, ideally more, um, but at least as a baseline
0: one of my next songs on the next project that i do is called like paris and it's about my life my experience in paris so that's sweet it comes out we'll see yeah
1: i hope it drops and i'm looking forward to checking it out once it does sweet so you worked on the outer banks have you ever been to the outer banks
2: yes there we go good good I i
1: feel like for anyone working on that show or a part of it in any way, it should be a, you know, a prerequisite that you have to have visited the banks at
2: least once.
0: This upcoming season though, um, it's very like, cause you know, they travel and they're all doing all these adventures and all this stuff. So it, it's a lot more, um, uh, what's the word?
1: Biographically diverse.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Working on Outer Banks, what were your duties like day in and day out? Obviously, it was during the age of COVID. Uh, Thank goodness we're pretty much past that. So I'm sure that had a bit of a hindering on your daily activities. But what was it like working on the show? What what do you do day in and day out?
0: So I was um, the costume PA, which is like basically the assistant of the entire costume department. Um, And weirdly enough, I got the job because I had been following the costume designer on Instagram and like DM'd her and was like, hey, I have experience in costumes. This is what I really love that you did on the show. Like, this is my resume. This is the kind of person I am. I'm a huge fan of you and your work. And so that's how I got the job, which was so weird. And she was like, we have like a thousand other girls who like, just want to meet John B, but you actually like, <laughs> like costumes. Fair enough. Like, yeah. Is yeah.
1: that, is that Emmy, Emmy Holmes?
0: Emmy. Yeah. 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 And so Emmy, um, is just the best she's like the greatest boss of all time I actually just saw her and I got so nervous not nervous like we're friends like I love her (laughs) but like like when I see her I'm just like oh my god and I like tripped on a wire and like fell into her and I was like (gasps) oh my god (laughs) she she came to the music video shoot and I was like
1: "Uh." oh sick that's funny um
0: I mean honestly that entails doing whatever the department needs like bringing clothes to and from set a lot a lot of unpacking new clothes that we get and like checking them in a lot of steaming clothes I um like helped the and dyer with whatever she needed which was really cool so like sanding and dyeing and um, and
1: that's kind of like your niche that you really enjoy isn't it
0: Mm -hmm. it was color
1: and textile
0: and she knew so much, so I learned so much from her. Whitley is her name. She's the Adrian Dyer. And it's really amazing the way that you can manipulate clothes and like the way that she would transform a shirt like that's just straight out of the package versus like because you know the pokes are like dirty and grimy and all wrinkled. and you yeah know. and so it was it was amazing to watch because we couldn't use real vintage clothes because we need like six of the same shirt. And just learning the logistics behind a show like that and watching Emmy design everything. And then learning from like Lynn and Lee, who are the two set costumers and Cooley and like how you run the truck. And cause so much of it is logistics. Like so little of it is picking out the clothes and then everything else is like making sure if they're getting in the water that there's like six of the same shirt or that, um, you know, they're comfortable and they have the right undergarments, you know, just little things. Yeah. And so I just learned so much. And honestly, the biggest part of being a costume PA is returns. So I like packaged boxes and return clothes a lot.
1: I saw, uh, I don't know if it was a purposefully leaked photo or a uh, unreleased photo or whatever, but it's of Sarah Cameron this coming season. And she's like got mud all over her or something like that. So in that example, you have to have how like a ton of different, you know, jeans and tops, some with a lot of mud, some with a little mud, some with no mud. Uh, is that like kind of what you're talking about?
0: Yes, 100 percent, because we don't shoot in order. So that scene could be filmed before the one where she's like completely clean. I didn't see that photo, but and also like that just set me up so well to learn from all of them. For now that I have worked on set the logistics of how that works and then being able to apply it in my own experiences and when I costume mm-hmm. designed that short film dealing with blood you're like okay and then making it look wet you know when they've been wearing it for a while and it gets all dry it's it's so cool like I can't believe I get to put blood on this grown man and make him look like he's dying like, <laughs> it's just so dope
1: it's a weird Ambition to have in a job, but it's also an interesting one, you know. And so, obviously, when you're using this blood, it's obviously real. So, who who donates the blood? It's not real. What it's really? Not real. Damn. No,
0: no. It's like I just got it off Amazon.
1: It's Jeff Bezos's blood.
0: Hundred percent. He donates yeah.
1: it. What a good guy. It's
0: like it's like his like Amazon employees. Blood,
1: honestly. <laughs> Yikes! Oh, <Uh-oh. laughs>
0: I know. Ugh. Like he's gonna come for me now. Um, but. The thing that's crazy is like, I every when okay, from the internet or whatever, everyone thinks that I'm like this really glamorous, like, girl who like dresses up and like wears all the makeup. And I, I really do like being that part of it, but so much of my life and like what I do is it's really like just like putting blood on people and like sitting at my computer for hours and like, you know, being sweaty and like dying on set with like pigtails like it's yeah so I love both sides of it and every side of it
1: you're in the trenches and you don't mind that
0: yeah not at all
1: in this industry you have to get your hands dirty figuratively and literally like if you don't you're not going to
2: make it
0: it really is such a big part of it and I think a lot of people don't understand that they're like oh like you're you know this musician and you're this glamorous girl like what are you doing like you know organizing dirty laundry (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm a part of a team just as much as all of us are. And I want this final product to be amazing and something that I'm proud of. Like, I'll do whatever you need me to do to make it work and to make it happen. And I don't ever think like because I'm an artist or I'm like a singer or whatever that I'm better than any part of the creative process. Like, I think every single piece is so important and needs to be done.
1: Yeah, it's a machine and all the gears have to be moving and cleaned and operating efficiently so that it can all come to fruition. Georgia, I surf. I went to a 90% pogue college down in Florida. Stylistically, I'd safely consider myself a pogue as well, though like you, I grew up in Charleston, so I know kook attire when I see it, you know, was kind of also forced to wear a bit of it in high school and middle school, I won't admit, I will admit, um, How does the costumer decide, like, what to dress each character in?
0: So my designer, Emmy, is, like, brilliant, who really came up with that. But I think just from reading the script, you figure out what kind of person they are. And then same with, like, the actor. And then she also works really closely with Jonas, the director, to kind of get a vibe on each person. Um, but then what you do is like once you have an idea of who they are and you know what they're about, what they would wear, you um, get like a huge rack of clothes and do a huge fitting and then that process kind of gets whittled down into what the actor likes and feels comfortable in and then what she thinks looks best on them. And then from that it goes through Jonas to get approval. So there's so many steps to creating that person, but I think once you become, a costumer and you work with clothes and you're a designer and you like have this idea, you kind of can visualize the character super well. Yeah. And I haven't designed like a ton, but I design like my videos and style, all that stuff. I try and um, be as authentic to myself as possible. And like, I love using color and Pushing myself out of my comfort zone and my friends. Like when we go out, my one of my best friends, Danny, I was like, we were going out and she was going to wear like a black dress. And I picked out like a bright blue dress and I was like, you should wear this. And then I'm going to do blue eyeliner and we're just going to go. And she was like, I don't know. I'm nervous. And I was like, (laughs) why not? Yeah. Truly, why not?
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So back to Outer Banks real quick. What are some themes we can expect to see in season two?
0: What I can say is that this season, the stakes are a lot higher. And so they're really like on the run, doing this, doing that. So it's a lot less put together costumes, I would say, and a lot more like, um, like they're, they're very active. And there's some new characters that have really cool looks that are gonna be introduced. That is really cool. But this, this season, I mean, I wasn't on set because I was the assistant. So I was kind of seeing clothes as they came in, like fitting photos and stuff. But really, it's like um, they, they go back to school. I, I'm like so nervous to talk about that, it because I d- do no, not know. What that's already is.
1: out there. That's already out there. Uh, I think it, some of the pictures I've dropped or it was in the trailer okay. or something. They'd go okay. back to school. We all know that
0: they oh oh my god it comes out in like literally nine days okay yeah
1: so this will drop by the way this will drop i think on monday um so like five days before or something like that okay
0: yeah yeah, they go back to school, so you'll get to see like their school outfits.
1: Do they have and- a uniform like B E in Portugal? Are they wearing a white polo with a tie and a plaid skirt?
0: <laughs> I cannot I cannot believe I did that. Like <laughs> unpacking Sperry, so I'm like
1: Ugh. Yeah, is was that was that uh like a cringy feeling to like have to unpack vineyard vines yeah. and sperries and
0: it's just funny because also too like uh, Drew and Austin, who are like the main kooks are not like that at all like drew has the cutest personal style like he dresses so nicely and like austin wears like basketball jerseys like they are not (laughs) so not like their characters it's just funny to like put them in these like little outfits oh and same with um maddie klein like she's so not preppy yeah so it's, it's just funny honestly to see the like dichotomy of them versus their characters
1: Were there any uh, unique wardrobe requests from any of the characters?
0: Yes. Um, I know that a lot of people wanted to see, like, JJ in more overalls. So he wore more overalls.
1: So you listened Um, to fan requests a bit?
0: Emmy emmy does i mean she has like a crazy fan following just as the designer which is very unique because a lot of shows like you don't know who the costume designer is and Mm -hmm. they don't always get the recognition that they deserve but she really like um on social media is like loved which she should be she's like an angel um and so that was super interesting there's absolutely things like that like but I'm just can't remember specific ones on this movie that I worked on recently County line. I was like on set. So I was a lot more in the, in the trenches of it all. And that was really interesting because there was a lot of things like that. Like my main actor, I would always bring his like boots and his hat to set. So he would get dressed in his, his clothes in his trailer. And then on set, he would change his shoes and like put his hat on and, um, we would like do crossword puzzles every morning together to like get in that space. Movie, there was a lot of um, guns. So there would be like special safety precautions on set and we'd have like special effects, which is really cool to see. Oh, this is, an- okay, this is a cool thing for Matterbanks. They would like simulate rain. So in the old village, like yeah. one day we were shooting I got, and I there met- was, like rain simulation.
1: That's sweet. Yeah. I met with Matt Lyons, uh, the B camera, the day after the morning after uh, of that scene, because I remember everyone like I have a few friends in Old Village and they were all like on their Snapchat, you know, putting it up, which is cool and all. But, you know, it also makes it way more hectic and stressful when you're trying to get a scene done and you've been working for 12 hours and, you know, you're in a residential area in the middle of the night, uh, you know, you kind of want to wrap it up. And all of a sudden you have 10 20 40 50 random people on the side of the street (laughs) he said it was like we were supposed to get uh coffee maybe like 10 a.m or something and he hit me up like right before he was like i'm sleeping like can we do like early late afternoon because we went until like 3 a.m last night i was like dude i get it no worries
0: (laughs) the fan um activity on this season was unreal like yeah Because the first season they were like anonymous and they could just do whatever you know there was no there was no like hype and they were all you know not famous and and now it's just crazy and so Maddie Klein um, grew up in Charleston in Somerville yeah and so she had danced at my mom's dance studio no way I knew yeah (laughs) your mom and I knew who you were and I was like that is so crazy. It, it was really cool because they really respect and understand the crew and, and know that we're like all in this together. And, you know, there's no ego involved in really making film because you as an actor have to be there just as long as the person who like, you know, takes out the trash. Yeah. And having respect and like understanding that is, is really awesome. And they are there. They were all so lovely and great.
1: Do you have any personal favorite brands that you like to dress people in?
0: So I tend to try and do a mix of, like, vintage with super, like, cheap. <laughs> like, I went to the wig store in the mall in Charleston, South Carolina, the Citadel Mall. I got so many, like, gloves, hair clips, headbands, earrings, like, just random things from this store in the mall and it like made the entire video i really? swear
2: really wow
0: yeah i mean I'm, i i don't support fast fashion i'm very anti fast fashion but for videos and little things like that like places like zara or like h&m i find basics and then i mix them with vintage so it's like a really cool vintage something with like a really like avant garde Bright green skirt from yeah. Zara, and it kind of balances out in a of way. Of course.
1: Yeah, I get that. Is there a specific moment throughout your career that you're super proud of? Like one that stands out specifically, whether it's a gig that you just got to be a part of and did a small role or something you totally, you know, comedied yourself?
0: Getting the job on Outer Banks was so dope. I was so, so proud to have gotten that job. But honestly, the biggest, the biggest moment I think was designing that short film because I was the, you know, the one and only, like I was on set doing it. And I was also like doing the fittings before and sourcing everything and like managing the budget and really just like an aging stuff, like in my kitchen with my mom here. Wow. Like, And so that was something that I was really proud of um, because I realized that I am capable of it. Cause you know, you always think like, I'll work my way up to designing or I'll, maybe I hope I can do it, but it was cool to just see like all of the costumes that I had done acting on real bodies that is going to be somewhere someday. And then having that relationship build into working with these people on my music side of my life and like having that fully formed, like the entire situation between the short film and the music video and like the correlation just makes me so excited for like the future and makes me feel like I'm capable of anything. If I can make, you know, design something that I've never designed, like get them to trust me as a PA and then have them trust me enough to wanna work with me and make this whole project. It all just kind of like came to fruition literally yesterday and it was just, it's just insane that so many little moments lead to bigger moments. And like, cause all of those moments, like the working on Outer Banks, meeting those people, doing the short film, having them do the video, like all correlates. Yeah. I think it just made me realize like everything happens for a reason. And all of these little tiny, like proud moments have built up into something that I'm so excited to like share with the world.
1: That's sick. No, that was oh, a great that summary. was a
0: tangent. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's sweet. That's so sweet. So here on Blue Ass Water, we do like to roast our own creative blunders, shortcomings, mistakes. Do you have any that you'd like to share?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> My last movie County Line, I had done, I was working with the main actor, his name's Tom Wopat. He was on um, Dukes of Hazzard. He's like an original character on Dukes of Hazzard. He Is like very specific. He was very specific about what he wants. Like we got along so well, but like there was one day, and it was so hot, and we were at a motel parking lot, and there was like it was a splinter unit, so we weren't with the whole crew. We didn't have his dressing room, and like we all felt like pieces of bacon in this hot ass (laughs) parking lot, like just cooking. And at the end of the day, he was like wanting to go to dinner, and we were wrapping early, and. He was like can I please just wear my jeans home like can I please just wear my costume home like you have an extra pair right and I'm like yeah sure you can do that and they really were the only pair of jeans and that he wears them every single day the same jeans like because his character is like a man of habit and so my designer I literally like the next morning she was like where are his jeans like we need to set his dressing room and I was like if he does not bring his jeans today, we are screwed. Like they're a pair of black jeans and we had another pair, but like not the same color Yeah. at all. And like he walked in and I like see him holding his jeans. I was like, Tom, <laughs> my <laughs> guy, I'm so happy. Like, He saved me. It was so scary. My heart almost stopped. Could
1: you have like contacted him? Like, hey, bring the jeans.
0: <clears throat> okay, so he only has a flip phone
1: wow
0: (laughs) and he i could i could have we could have gotten the jeans and stuff but like in those moments you don't think it's gonna work out or like and like i think i would tell this story to like someone who doesn't work in film or whatever and i just they just be like whatever like just black jeans but like in that moment it was like life or death
1: (laughs) yeah yeah like if he doesn't bring them the whole film is a bust that's what it feels like (laughs) <laughs>
0: yes 100% which is so funny because like everyone that works in film like thinks their department is the you know paramount department the be so,
1: like, yeah <laughs>
0: absolutely my job and, like, is the course.
1: most important yeah <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, I'm like, costumes, like, everyone out of my way. Like, I need to fix the costume. <laughs> has
1: there ever been a moment um, where you kind of, it's the scene has already started or, or about to start and you rush in real quick. Oh, let me blot this or let me tuck this in, tuck this corner in.
0: On that movie, like, he the buttons, like, he would wear either have three buttons unbuttoned. Pretty much the entire movie was three buttons unbuttoned. But sometimes with the way that the shirts worked, it would be two buttons unbuttoned. And I would like have notes and like we have an app called Sync On Set where everything was recorded. But like we would change scenes so fast and do like 15 costume changes in one day for him. And so like I would be looking at the shirt and the buttons and making sure, like double checking the buttons. But there was one where it was like right about to start. And I was like, no, thank you like running and like, <laughs> and he would get annoyed you know if i keep fixing him and right. you know which i would too and so i was like no it's three buttons not two buttons three buttons and like but honestly the director and the producer and like first ad they all appreciate you of being course. meticulous yeah
1: it's, it's better to like- be a little bit annoying th- but have like a perfect end result than be too timid or apprehensive to say anything and then you get to the edit and you're like oh shit like you know, he, he had his makeup differently, or she was wearing socks with her shoes, you know.
0: And with costumes, like my boss taught me, her name was Paula on um County Line, but she taught me like how to take such meticulous notes on everyone's outfits. So we would have these like big binders for each of the two movies. Mm-hmm. And that binder was like my pride and joy. Literally, no one is ever going to open it again no one is ever gonna look at it like she obviously like looked at them a little but like I put so much detail into these binders of continuity and like each look and like the way it was styled and like each article of clothing and like literally no one's ever gonna see
1: wow there's a thing you see those yeah 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 yeah. wow yeah you, you wrote those both of them
0: Full, full of photos and notes. Yeah, both of them.
1: That's worse. Only six weeks. Damn, that's like a thesis essay. Like that's like a Mm. literal graduation project. Oh yeah. But 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 though it's something you enjoy, which makes a big difference. Like (laughs) like night and day.
0: Yeah, it is. But so much of it is logistics and like putting things together, which people don't realize. Like it's not just all fun and pick out outfits. I wish, but also I like. You know, I like every part of it.
1: It's similar to how you like logistics. I love strategy, you know, with the whole branding and marketing of something like I love mm-hmm. a good rollout uh, anytime. Like uh, I see it could be the most random brand. Um, it, you know, it could be Tostitos. And all of a sudden I see an ad on on Instagram or on Twitter. And then I, I'm like, dang, like that was shot really well. Or I just love the copy in that ad read. And then I'll like go further, I'll click on the brand and I'll see like eight more tweets within the same campaign. I'm like, damn, like I see what they're doing, you know? So mm-hmm. that's one of my passions is like content rollout and strategy uh, branding <clears throat> as well. Just having a cohesive body of work that kind of communicates within itself. You know, one tweet will have the convey a similar message and communicate a similar idea to a Facebook post or even like a ad read that one of the main actors is doing, or you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? yeah it all together
0: oh that's like my favorite like right now with the song that i'm releasing and like the video and putting that all together because i'm like huge on that kind of thing and it's crazy because like i went to school for advertising so all my best friends work in the advertising industry and oh, that's cool now like my two best friends are an art director copywriter pair in san francisco and they were working on the Reebok campaign with Cardi B, like writing copy for Cardi B. And I'm like, <laughs> so fucking cool. Like, yeah,
1: what? That's sick. Yeah. No, I've minored in advertising and marketing as well. I've majored in video production. So and
0: we're very on much on the Yeah. Campaign.
1: Yeah. It's surprising. It's funny. Georgia, thanks for coming on Blue Ass Water. Where can people find you? Plug yourself.
0: I am on Instagram, Spotify, um, YouTube. All Georgia Van Newkirk, just my name, Georgia Van Newkirk, Georgia Van Newkirk, TikTok now. There uh, we go.
1: Let's go. Let's get it.
0: Um, And
1: what do you have coming up in the next little bit?
0: So I am releasing a new single on August 13th, Friday the 13th. The song is called Golden State Killer. Um, The video will be out shortly after that. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun release. I'm really stoked. I wrote it as a love song about like seeing someone in traffic that you love, and you want to know more about them and like know their story. And I wrote the song like pure genuine interest. It's like oh love, but I was writing it as I was listening to the Golden State Killer audiobook, uh, written by the detective who caught him. And so at the end, when I was like exporting the file, I was like well this me and my co-writer we were like what what should we name the song and we were like should we just call it golden state killer we're like uh-huh that's funny and then we're like wait this song is very sweet and nice but like it could be kind of creepy like every step you take like the police song how it's like it yeah, could yeah, be yeah, sweet, yeah but it's also like a little could be creepy and so from that i came up with this like treatment for the video and um we named the song Golden State Killer and we added in some like some creepier like sinister oohs and ahs. and like I also um my my ex who was the producer and co-writer of the song we wrote it together he like is singing in the background of the song which like just makes it a little more spooky now that we're broken up
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: the name the, the title fits very well
0: yeah so it's just like which is so ironic because in the moment it was just like a random decision and it just like the song couldn't be called anything else now so yeah that'll be out august 13th
1: oh yeah perfect plug all right georgia thanks for your time uh have a good one
0: you too bye
1: all right guys thank y'all for tuning in to blue ass water this episode with georgia was absolutely fire Uh, Learned so much about her music career, working in costuming, working on set of movies and TV shows uh, and just life as a creative, really. Like, like she said, you can kind of go so many different routes in this industry um, and in this life, like, you know, why stick to one thing, do it all, everything you enjoy, you know, as long as you're not doing too much, like put emphasis on the things that you want to do and go make them happen. That's what I'm doing here with blue ass water. And, uh, I hope you got some insight. I know I did. And it's it's every episode I learn a bit about the industry, about others' experiences, about myself, my own experiences, what and what I enjoy, what I want to go after. And I hope you do too. I really do. Um, so without going on forever, thanks for tuning in to episode eight with Georgia Van Follow her on all her platforms and uh listen to her new single and music video. I I forget when she said it's dropping, but like real soon. Um yeah. Have a good one, y'all. Peace.